Thank God. Well, we have been in a series uh, called Accepted, and we're going to continue in that today. I believe this is part five. Let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. That accepted in the Beloved, like we said, it literally means He bestowed grace and favor upon us through Jesus. In the Amplified, verse 6 says, "...to the praise of His glorious grace and favor, which He so freely bestowed on us in the Beloved, His Son, Jesus Christ." In the message it says, how blessed is God and what a blessing He is. He's the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to high places of blessing in Him. Long before He laid down earth's foundations, He had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of His love. To be made whole and holy by His love. Long, long ago, He decided to adopt us into His family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Jesus is the way that we became adopted and accepted into the family of God. And it says here, Long, long ago, before the foundation of the world, it says in the other translation, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. God's will is for every person to be in his family. Every person. He doesn't just select a few. His will is for every person to be in his family. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, verse 17. He has accepted us. He has put His grace and favor on us. 1 Peter 1, verse 17 says, And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. That's not like runaway fear. We see a lot of fear in the earth today. Being afraid, that's not what this is talking about. God, it says to conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. That's reverence. Godly reverence. Fearing God, you know, is the phrase. That doesn't mean you run away from Him, you're scared of Him. That means you reverence Him. That means you honor Him. That means if He says something, you don't just say, ah, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's, okay, sir, you said it. All right. That's what I'm going to do because I, I honor you. I reverence you. Notice it said, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here. <laughs> you realize we have a short time we're staying here on the earth. We're just passing through. 
This isn't a long time, your stay. Most people don't think of their lives as a stay. They think of it as forever. It's not forever. It's quick. We're supposed to conduct ourselves a certain way while we're here. Verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So he says, you conduct yourselves right on this earth with fear of God, with reverence of God, knowing, verse 18, knowing that you were not, with, you not, were, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. You weren't bought and paid for with things that perish like silver and gold. You know, like money. Money is just a means of exchange. You know, people seek after money, silver, gold. It's saying here, we were not made accepted. We weren't purchased in the family. The way we became children of God wasn't with something like silver or gold that perishes. That's not how we came into the family of God. We weren't redeemed from corruptible things like silver and gold. It says, from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ. That's how we were redeemed. That's what paid for us. That's what made us accepted. Not something temporary. In the Amplified, verse 19, 1 Peter 1.19 says, But you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, like that of a sacrificed lamb, without blemish or spot. It says you were purchased. You were purchased. We were purchased. We, we were paid for. How were we paid for? By the blood of the Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought at a price. You were bought at a price. Therefore, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We were bought. God paid something for you and me. What did He pay? Money? Things? No, He paid for us with the blood of the perfect, sinless, spotless Son of God. 1 John 2.2 2 says, He Himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. In the Amplified, that same verse says, And He, that same Jesus Himself, is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours alone, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus was the sacrifice, the payment for the sins of the whole world. He was the payment that allows us to become children of Almighty God. In the God's Word translation, it says, He is the payment for our sins. Not for our sins, only our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's the payment. How did you become into the family of God? Because you were bought and paid for by Jesus 
Now, we have to accept that. But a price was paid for us. You see here it says a payment. We were bought at a price. You were not redeemed with corruptible things, but by the precious blood. There was a price paid for you and for me and for every person on the face of the earth, whether they know it or not, there's been a price paid for each person. What is that price? $10? $20? Quadrillion? No. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is what's been paid for you, which is much higher than any of the numbers we just mentioned. You could keep going, and you would not reach the value that was paid for you and for me. See, what, it, what determines the value of something is what people will pay for it. It's not the price somebody tries to sell something for. It's what people will actually pay. And something that doesn't look valuable to somebody, that maybe doesn't know, unbeknownst to them, they think, well, it's an old trinket. Ah. Somebody's willing to drop down $5,000 for that old trinket. Well, how much is it worth? It's worth $5,000. I don't care if you think it's junk. Somebody will pay for it. In other words, you could get $5,000 somewhere. Not everywhere. Maybe people don't esteem it. You know, there's tickets for, right now we don't have a lot of these, but there's tickets for like sporting events. To some people, that's like, much rather watch it on my TV. I got a, you know, seat in the 50-yard line. I can see all the replays perfectly. I don't have to deal with the elements. I would never... People say, I would, I would never drop that money on a seat. Yet they sell them. Thousands of dollars for some events. Tens of thousands for some seats. What's those, what are those seats worth? Evidently what they're selling them for. What the market will bear. You know, somebody goes to try to sell a home. What, is it, what goes on? Set it for this price. You can set it for whatever price you want. <laughs> What, what is somebody willing to pay for it? And that changes over time, right? Sometimes market's hot. Sometimes it's not so hot. But it doesn't matter. You can put any number you want for sale. And then there's a negotiation. Well, it's not worth that. Somebody said, well, that's not worth that. I'll give you this. I don't want to take that. I want this. Well, I don't think it's worth that. Well, you may not think it's worth it. But as a seller of something, I got to find the right buyer. And I only need one. You know, we were selling our home in um, Lincoln, Nebraska. When you're going to move to Rama. And uh, yeah, I'd owned that home, bought that home right after I started working and uh, owned that home for a few years. And then we were going to go to Rama. And I determined I was going to sell it, uh, you know, without a realtor. And my family's in, in built, my family builds homes and, and um, real estate, so I had some input on that. It wasn't like I was just completely, you know, on my, I'm on my own. But, you know, we did, did some research, and, and um, 
We had somebody tell us, oh, I think I'd put it on for this price, and it was lower than what we had something that we were thinking we needed to put it on for a certain price. And um, just had it, prayed about it. Looked at the market, prayed about it. What should I put it on for? And uh, got this number, specific, you know, up, down, and you know, you, you, how do you learn to be led by God? You need to step out and start doing things and then just be led by peace. So I would think, you know, this much? Nah, that's, that's too much. I don't, I don't see it. This let, Nah, that's just not high enough. And just kind of settled. Yeah, that seems good. This is what we're going to put it on for. And, you know, made up our flyers, put them out in the front lawn. You know, you say, why didn't you put it on the internet? Well, they're... At that point, there wasn't so much. There was some on the internet, but at that point, you put it in the newspaper. And I did have, for that one, yeah, we just had a, a flyer and put it out one of those little rolled, you know, like tubes out in the front lawn and then put it in the paper. I can put it for whatever price I want to, to put there, but I need a buyer. Otherwise, it doesn't make a difference. So we start, we had open houses on Sundays. And we started having some open houses, had some nibbles. Somebody comes in, you know, I, I think it might have even been the first open house, was interested, asking a lot of questions, and then got an offer from them, for them. Much lower than what we had said, trying to lowball us. And we said, no, no. You know, excited to get an offer, but that's, that's not what I want. So then we're waiting, you know, then we're going, and we believed God. We said, this is what we believe we're going to get for it, and we're going to go forward. And so then I had this person come up, real interested, wanted to buy it. You know, it's, it's, uh, this was in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's a, a lot of college students there. And this guy wanted to buy it so that he could rent it out and his son could stay there and, and you know, kind of that type of deal. And he came in and talked for a long time and said, hey, uh, I'll give you this for it. And I had it. I wanted, so I, I would be reasonable, but I had this and I believed I needed to get this. And I thought it was already a good price. And so I talked to the man, and he's, he's sitting in my living room talking to me. He goes, well, if you do this and then throw the refrigerator in and all that. I was like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. And it wasn't that far off, but I just didn't have it to, to, to yield to him, to, to say no. He's like, yeah, but it's not, no, it's not worth it. I'll give you this. I'll do it right now. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And so you get pressed. Are you being dumb? Well, here's the guy that wants to give you this. But that's not what I wanted. That's not what I believed I should get, I should say. So we went on. And so we had the, it, was a, it was a while, and we had a couple that came in and looked around and asked questions, young couple, and looked around and, and, and looked at it and then left. And then I remember there was, uh, we, went to, we went out, I remember Shell, I remember it specifically. We went out, we went to this certain thing, we were, we were uh, an event, but we were, we were looking into some things, and I came home, and you know, you can get pressed after a time. Pushed. Like, am I doing the right thing? If you're being led by God, you need to stay on what He told you to do and not get pushed just because something doesn't look like it's changing in the right direction. Things are subject to change. And so I remember specifically coming up the interstate in Lincoln, Nebraska, and there's pressure on us, starting to get pressure. Did we? Because I would go out and I'd be, I remember specifically mowing the grass, saying, nope, we're going to get so-and-so for this. Thank you, God. Somebody's coming for this. He's gonna, they're going to give us this. But there was pressure. I'll be honest with you. We were starting to get like, are we just, that guy would offer this, are we just being dumb? 
come in, and you know, I, I didn't even have a cell phone at this point. Had our little answering machine there, you know, with a normal phone in the wall, <laughs> with an answering machine with a little tape in it. I had a message, played the message, and this guy from that, that was uh, the couple that came in, the husband called and said, hey, we want your house. We're willing to give you a full offer for you. Just what he said. He named the number. He goes, I'm working with the realtor, but I'm paying for that. So give me a call back and let's move forward. Next day, they came over. We signed the papers, got our, a full offer, which if you sell real estate, you know, a lot of times, you know, somebody's always trying to get you lower. I mean, that's just the way it is. But he gave us a full offer. Everything went through. We closed. Everything went well. And we went off to Rama. Praise God. But, what, but the point here, I said all that because I think we just needed to cover some of that. But it didn't matter what I put the price for. is what somebody will, was willing to pay. But actually, that's what it was worth. And that could have, somebody, I got an opinion earlier saying, it's not worth that. He told me, it's not worth that. Now, you're, you're going to be asking too much. It's only worth this. Well, somebody paid that. Well, evidently, what does that mean? It's worth that. What does that mean to us? We need to understand what has been paid for us. The blood of Jesus is what has been paid for you. Now, somebody may have told you, you're not worth anything. You're not worth something. You, you never amount to anything. It, maybe circumstance have just tried to, to push you off. Maybe your relationship with God over, you've had religion come in or thoughts come in that say, I, I don't know, you know, if I'm really worth. You won't say it that way, but the thoughts are, I just don't know if I'm really a good Christian, if I'm pleasing to God, etc. Somebody else you know, somebody at work may have said, you're not so good at this. Somebody, you know, implying that you're not worth something. We need to come back to the value of anything is what's been paid for. In the case of people, the value is not what somebody says you're worth. It's what has been paid for you and me. And that is the blood of Jesus has been paid for you. More precious than any amount of money. He himself is the payment for the whole world. So what does that mean? We're accepted because of what he paid, and what he paid is more than anything that's been paid in the history of the world. What does that mean? I, you, we're accepted by him and highly valued. Well, I don't feel valued. What does that have to do with anything? Well, I don't feel like this, is, this item is worth such and such. What will somebody pay for it? That's what determines the value. You know what we need to change our mind to? Jesus said we're highly valued. God said, you are so precious that I pay the blood of my son for you. What does that mean? You're valuable, I'm valuable, whether we think so or not, whether somebody else said something means nothing. What he said is what 
goes. So what do we need to line our thinking up with? What he said. Start saying what he said. Don't be talked out of your true value. Somebody may say, well, you get the impression. Somebody doesn't like you. The enemy will try to say, well, see, you're not all that. That's just like you having something that is very, very precious and somebody trying to cheat you out and say, well, that's nothing, that's not valuable. Trying to get you to throw it away and then go and selling it for $30,000. Satan knows that you and I have been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. He knows it, and he knows God loves you, he loves the whole world, and he sent his son to pay for you. He knows it, but what he'll try to do is convince you you're nothing. You're not worth anything. Try to get at you through people. Anybody anybody ever been hurt by a person? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. You, pe- you online, every person has been hurt by another person. What's the source of that? Satan. He's the accuser. He's the one that tears down. He's the one that divides. He's the one that destroys. He's the one that comes and tries to get you to devalue yourself. He is the source of it, and he will use people. If he can get somebody to yield to him, doesn't mean they're demon-possessed. Every person in here has yielded to the devil, whether you know it or not. I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. Peter yielded to the devil. At one point, uh, Jesus is talking to him, and Peter says, you are the Christ, son of the most high God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. God, the Father, revealed this to you. And then just a little bit later, Peter is telling Jesus, no, you don't need to go into Jerusalem. And, And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. If one of the apostles can yield to the devil one minute, God the minute before, Don't even think you're not capable or somebody else isn't capable of it. So when somebody says something mean, you don't take it just from that person. They may think it, but know what's behind it. Satan is trying to destroy anything. He hates God. He hates people. Every person. He may use them for a while. He's so evil that even people that do a good job for him, he still can't help himself, and he still destroys them, tosses them aside like nothing. You see that in the world. People that are very hardened will use somebody. They're they're no use to them. Toss them aside. That's the spirit of the devil. That's not God. That's not our Father. So the world system... The God of this world, Satan, we've covered that some on Wednesday nights, don't have time to go into it now. God is is ultimately the Almighty over everything, but Satan is called the God, little g, of this world. 
and he's got it in a mess. People pointing their fingers at each other all through history. Division, destruction. That's because there's an enemy. And we as Christians have to understand and, and come to the knowledge of the fact that God loves humans so much that He paid the highest price that's ever been paid for anything for every single person. Every person is so highly valued in God's sight that He paid such a high price. Every person. Now, whether some, somebody receives it or not is another thing, but every person's been bought and paid for. Every person on the face of the earth has had their sins atoned for and had their ransom paid, and now, if they would only reach out and receive it, can be right in the family of God. Every person, I don't care what they've done, I don't care what their background is, doesn't matter. That's what God thinks of every person. That's what He thinks of you. That's what He thinks of me. We need to renew our minds, renew our thought processes, both with ourselves, realize somebody says something to me, somebody does something to me, you don't determine my value. The highest power in the universe highly values me. I'm okay. And on the flip side, we got to realize everybody around us is highly valued, whether they're acting like it or not. Talking in your family, your workplace, somebody you see in the supermarket, you know, going a little bit too far on certain things or what, you know. No, you got to stand here. Step back. Six feet. Whatever. We have to realize everybody is valued. They are a child of God and bought and paid for just like you. There's security in that. And that's the only way really to love people. You can't love people in and of yourself. You can do some good, yeah, but I'm talking about from the heart out. When we understand how highly valued we are, we didn't do anything to earn it. It's because of what Jesus did. And wait a minute, the person next to me, they're just as highly valued. Not better, not worse. They're just the same. Oh, that, that makes a difference how I'm going to talk to somebody. Even if they say something that I don't like, well, bless your darling heart. God loves you, loves me. I'm going to stay on God's side. Doesn't mean you're a doormat. Don't get me wrong. We could go into all that. Doesn't mean you just put up with everything. No, but you can love somebody firmly. You know, you can also be mamby-pamby and not love somebody at all. Romans 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. Everybody say all. All, all have sinned. <laughs> Every person has missed it. Jesus is the only one perfect. Only one. Well, they did such and such. You know, we did a series last fall about judgment. Don't judge. If you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. God gave us some things. Oh, so many people are saying, well, I'm not judging, but... No, they're judging. I wouldn't judge their heart, but now you're judging. So, there's so much critical, 
approach. There's, there's so much criticism and demeaning in our world, in our culture. I mean, not just recently. It just, it's gotten that way for years, decades. Now, we're, we're supposed to look at other people the way God looks at them. It says here, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means nobody's attained. Everybody needs a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior. And the only way into the family of God, the only way to be justified is through Jesus. That's it. No matter what, anything else, you can start. See, when we start making divisions and stuff, well, I came from here. I did, that's all pride. Every bit of it's pride. And every bit of it's from the pit of hell. I don't care where it is, at work, in the family, it doesn't matter. It's pride. It's like somehow I have something over you because of what? No, we've fallen short and we're not to judge other people. We're not look, to look at them. Say, if, if, you, if you ever catch yourself falling into, well, I would do it this way. You're already, just mark it up, you're in pride. I'm in pride, whatever. We're judging, we're saying, eh, you're not all that. Well, God's the judge. We're not talking about if people act a certain way, you need to deal with stuff. That's a lot different than being mean-spirited, critical, you know, this, this attitude like somehow I'm better. No, no. We're all purchased by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is the only way. Any person on the face of the earth is justified, and we, we need to know that we're all equal in that regard. We all need a Savior, we all need to be loved, and we all need to love other people. We need to understand the value that God places on us and what He places on other people. It changed, revolutionized our lives. Our Father values us and He values the next person. Verse 24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith, to demonstrate His righteousness. Because in His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. See, again, it says, He set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith. That means we've been purchased by the blood and we receive what He's purchased by believing He did it. That's it. Anything else is just works. And it's for all of mankind. Look at this, Revelation 1, verse 4. We need to understand God is so loving, so good, that He valued all of humanity so much that He gave the highest price. That's been paid for you, for me. Anytime a thought comes that somehow I don't measure up, we need to understand God values me, so I'm going to say what He said and stand up and say, I am valuable, I'm good, I, I am, I am uh, worthy, not because of me, but because of what He did. Settled in that. Revelation 1 verse 4 says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia. This is the, the beginning of this letter. Grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come 
from the seven spirits who are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. To Him who loved us and washed us from our sins, how? In His own blood, and has made us kings and priests, to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It's through His blood that we're made right. Revelation 5, verse 8. It says, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy, talking about Jesus, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Go back to the previous slide. It says he's redeemed us by his blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Everybody has been redeemed not differently, but by His blood, period. That's it. All, you know, our skin color, our backgrounds, all the diversity in the world, it's God's idea. It came from Him. And we're all redeemed the same way, by Jesus, period. We read last week. There is no Jew, nor Greek, no male, no female, no difference in Jesus. Hallelujah. That's God. God is the highest authority in the universe. And this is the truth. This is what people need to understand. Anything else is from the pit of hell. It's from Satan to divide families, churches, communities, Based on what? Pride and arrogance. Anything that would ever say I'm somehow better than you is a lie. It's from the devil every time. It's judgment. It's pride. Every one of us, we need to be so settled in our Father's love and how much we understand that He loves us and He loves everybody else. See, that will revolutionize how we interact. I'm only in this family because of what He did. And if you're in the family, it's only because of Him. We all make Errors we don't intend to, but we all have fallen short of the glory of God. Thank God for Jesus. And if you don't know Him, you can. What do I have to do? Just call on His name and receive what He did for you, period. That's, all, that's the only reason we're here on this earth right now. Is because there are people that have not come into the family of God that need to come into the family of God. They need to know that it's because of Jesus. There's been so much over the history of the world with religion and focusing on different criteria that men made up to try to go and say, hey, I'm better than you. I'm holier than you. That's pharisaical. That's what Jesus despised. 
That attitude, see, and Satan is the father of all of it. He, he tries to get people to, to, to come in and go, well, he, 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 he was so proud, Satan, that he thought he could take on the Almighty and win. How proud is that? What, what I, I don't understand, I mean, because he's a being that was obviously intelligent and is intelligent, but that's not intelligent. What in the world would possess you to think you could take on God and win? Pride. What starts to think somebody, well, you know, yeah, I've been a Christian for a while, but you know, I'm doing pretty well with this thing. I'm doing pretty well, so you know, I'm earning some, No, 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 that's pride. Don't go down that way. It's by, you know, I'll cooperate with God, but it's by what He did. I'm in this family because of what He did. Well, then what if you mess up? Lord, I'm so thankful that you're my Savior. Lord, that was wrong. I admit it. Thank you for the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all, the only way I got into this family. That's the only way I maintain this relationship. I'm just going to rest in you. If I need to make it right with somebody else, I go to that person and say, I mean, I'm sorry, I blew it. I was stupid. I shouldn't have said that. You know, we, we can say stuff in our family to our spouses or co-workers or whatever. We, just, we knew it was wrong. We said something stupid. You know what we need to do? Go to them and say, that was wrong. I yielded to the wrong thing. I don't believe it. That was dumb. Just like Peter. saying He said to Jesus something stupid. Something dumb. Just because somebody said something doesn't mean they mean it. They, they could yield to the devil like that. Like I said, I'm not saying they're demon-possessed. It's just Satan will come and bring thoughts and you speak it out. Like people say, where did that come from? From the enemy. We got our own flesh to deal with. But no, the more we are programmed... We reprogram our minds to understand that it's Jesus. He's the only way into that family. He's the only way I maintain it. I didn't earn it. I don't have it, anything in and of myself. I just, everything I owe, I owe it to Him. And that I come before Him and do what He's told me to do. To do follow Him to the best of my ability. Live right before Him. Well, then I can be merciful to other people and I can live with them. But I need to be secure in that. If I'm not... I'm going, to be pushing, I'm going to be easily duped, easily pushed off, easily manipulated. It's easy to manipulate. Satan, is, is, it's easy for him to manipulate and to push somebody that doesn't know their value and worth. And people are so fickle. Now you... If you're not through, like, elementary and middle school and high school, you know, people that are don't often have a desire. I was just talking to somebody the other day about, you know, you don't necessarily want to go back to high school. Why? It's so fickle. People value somebody one time because they did such and such and they wore this brand or whatever, and then the next day they don't value them. And then somebody that isn't cool, all of a sudden... You know, nobody's treating them cool, but then somebody that is cool comes up and says, no, they're cool. All of a sudden, everybody goes, oh, they're cool. So you didn't value them. They didn't, you didn't think they were cool. Nah, not despite, then somebody comes and says, no, they're cool. All right. Everybody says, oh, they're, you're cool now. Then somebody that's really cool does something, and now somebody decides they're not cool. They're not cool. Well, I thought, oh, they're cool. Oh, wait, they're not cool. I've got to back away from them now. 
See, that's the kind of junk we've grown up in. Am I the only one? That's everywhere. Workplace, whatever. That kind of that stuff, that's, that's insecurity and it's pride and it's Satan. What's the antidote? God valued me so much that he paid the highest price that's ever been paid for anything and he is not changing. So you say, I'm not worth anything. Then you say, I am worth something. Then you say, I'm not worth something. My value, if it's determined by God, is constant. He didn't change and he still says, I'm worth something. So you say, I don't, well, you don't, you don't like me anymore. Okay, well, I'm still valuable. Why? Because God values me. He paid for me with the blood of Jesus. See, if we start looking to people now, somebody says something good about us, we start feeling good about ourselves. Somebody says somebody, something bad about us, we feel like, well, I, I don't feel good about myself. See, that's, that's a sure sign. We are not bait. We don't have our, our, our worth based on what Jesus did for us and the, the price that was paid for us. We are looking to something else to determine our worth, and it'll be all over the map. We need to understand that God values us, He loves us, and that if He is with us and for us, doesn't matter what anybody else says or does, it's what God says and me agreeing with Him that's going to go. Period. In other words, nobody can push you off what God has for you if you'll follow Him. No man. No woman, generally, mankind, no person. No, hell cannot. And this is why this is one of the main things Satan will attack is your identity in God. If you start standing up and saying you're strong in Him, he'll try to cut that out from under you because if you start getting strong in who, in who you are in God... That is unassailable. Satan knows that, so he'll try to get you back to start looking at something else to get your worth. Like one of my instructors said, you start standing up, it's like if somebody in this room stood up. Well, you stick out like a sore thumb. He'll try to cut you right back down to size to get you to sit down because you're different. Amen? Jesus' blood redeemed us. Praise God.